And so, hello everyone. Good morning on this beautiful day. Um, I wanted to say um, a little bit about the paramitas before I get into talking some more about Donna. These paramitas I've discovered are perhaps the most comprehensive teaching. They include uh, the Eightfold Path, they include the Four Noble Truths, they include the three uh, dimensions of training, which are Shila, morality, Samadhi, meditation, and Prajna, which is wisdom. They include all of those. These paramitas are, can be considered a training process for bodhisattvas, for fully realized human beings who are in the service of all beings. So not only are these paramitas uh, ways to train yourself, to develop and cultivate the conditions, the states of being that are necessary for full realization and full awakening, but they're also the expressions of full awakening. So they're both the, the training process, the cultivation process, and the manifestation of full realization, full awakening, otherwise known as enlightenment. So these paramitas are really quite important. Um, and the first one, and the reason I'm spending another uh, Sunday on Donna is that it is a very important perfection. It is the first perfection. And in a way, it's the last perfection. In a way, it's the entire perfection of Bodhisattva life. Because fundamentally, generosity is about giving yourself away. Not only things, not only teachings, not only uh, conditions, but also fundamentally giving yourself away. And by doing so, discovering that there was nothing to hang on to. In fact, there was no self that you needed to hang on to or protect. So generosity is a state of being. Giving is an action, but generosity is a way of being. And that is the gateway, the first perfection of a fully realized human being. So now, I, with that said, I'd like to turn to Donna again. And I was putting together the reminder for today's service and trying to select a, a photograph to include with the reminder. And it seemed very natural to go into the Zendo where there is a sign in the entranceway saying Donna. And so <laughs> I took a picture of that 
And um, as I was putting the reminder together and about to send it to you, my attention was drawn not so much to the word Donna, but to the little statues that sit atop the box. And those are lots of little statues of Hote, who is sometimes called the laughing Buddha or the happy Buddha. Uh, and if you remember that photograph and you've seen images of Hote, that big, big bellied Buddha with the big sack uh, over his shoulder. And that sack is a symbol of abundance. Uh, it's loaded with blessings, often with presents for children. Um, it's just a, a full of, of gifts that Hote brings with him wherever he goes. And he himself is abundant. <laughs> he has a really big belly and he's full of abundance. Um, and this is what he brings to all beings. And so I was very struck by, um, by this image of Hote and remembering that Buddha said that when we give, when we bring gifts and blessings and goodwill, toward the whole world, wherever we go, we have delight. And he claims that we have delight before, during, and after giving. That we have delight before, during, and after giving. And this, this is Hote's joy, his delight. He's always smiling, except when he's actually um, <laughs> sitting with other, other more serious Buddhas. He's part of the pantheon of Buddhas. But when he's wandering around, he's always very happy and full of delight because he's offering gifts. And so I I, I was thinking to myself, do I experience delight before, during, and after giving? And I had occasion to explore this question very specifically this past week. Um, my friend Kelly, who's in that little square over there, uh, lost her cat, Olivia, last Saturday. And knowing how deep that connection was and having a sense myself of how connected we are to our companion animals, I wanted to express my sense of connection with Kelly and my sympathy, uh, my feelings for her loss 
And um, it happened that on my altar, I have a little cat box uh, that I treasure. And it's uh, hand carved and very modest, but really special to me. And I kept looking at that little cat box and thinking, I, I think Kelly would appreciate this. Uh, this, this might be a way for me to express my, uh, my connection with what she is experiencing just by offering this little cat box. And I kept passing, passing this box thinking, well, I really love this little box. <laughs> and I've, I've treasured it for a long time. And um, it would be, maybe I'll just send Kelly some flowers or maybe I'll just send her a card <laughs> and express my, my condolences. And I realized that I was not experiencing delight at the possibility of giving her my little cat box. <laughs> that um, it was hard to think about parting with my little cat box. And I was going to pick up uh, produce, which she is an amazing farmer and I'm always looking forward to the gifts of produce. And I just took that cat box and put it in a bag and went over to get my produce and gave her the, gave her the little cat box. And it was not easy. I wasn't full of delight. <laughs> but the act of giving it to her and receiving the produce did fill me with delight. Once I did it, I, I was joyful. And, and I am continuing to be joyful knowing that she has that little box, um, that I really didn't lose anything. Uh, I didn't lose anything by giving her that. Uh, in fact, I gained joy. So I do recognize that giving something that you own and that you treasure is much more difficult to give than if you buy something for someone, right? Buy flowers or buy a card um, or send an email. But actually parting with something that you possess and that you identify with and that you love and that is this mine, it's mine, it's I, me, mine. It's that self that wants to have things. That is, that's hard. So I didn't, I didn't manage the delight prior to giving. But I, I think honestly, I can say that I was delightful as I was giving it to Kelly 
and her face lit up and she she was kind of surprised by it right kelly and um it was a it was a good exchange um and then i came home and i thought yeah this is exactly what i needed to do and it, it was wonderful so i managed two out of three <laughs> two out of three isn't bad right <laughs> so i was sort of working on the preliminaries of coming to know that the difficulty of parting with anything you own that's mine that you think of as mine or that you treasure in some way doesn't belong to you. Uh, actually, it, I mean, what does that mean? That something belongs to you. Um, and we know in the end that we have to give everything away. We can't, we cannot hold on to anything, anything we love, anything we possess, any ideas that we have, all of our beliefs, we're going to have to give that all up at some point. So if we understand that in a deep way, can we live out of that? Can we live out of that understanding that nothing really belongs to us? And the best thing that we can do is keep keep that energy flowing, keep all those things flowing so that they don't stick to us. And we, we know how hard that is, how things stick to us when we try to give them away. So this is why it's so important to train in generosity, either to train in it or to, um, to eliminate the roadblocks to it. Because our understanding as Buddhist practitioners is that we are naturally generous. That is our fundamental nature. But this thing we call constructed self or ego that needs to be re reinforced, needs to have things sticking to it, needs to, to have all this stuff including beliefs, including people who my husband, my partner, my daughter, <laughs> I mean, it's just part of our language, my girlfriend, my boyfriend, mine, mine. And that connection is really important, but you don't possess people, you don't possess things. You don't possess ideas. So how do we act out of our deepest understanding? That's the trick. And that's what our practice is about, is not just to understand these things intellectually, as I've been putting it lately, to understand it in our bones, in our bones. I actually had to give that cat box to Kelly before I understood what Buddha meant by delight. I actually had to do it. It's not enough 
to just imagine what it might be like or to think about what it might be like. And the hard part is to actually do it and then understand. And that doing takes courage. It takes, you know, the will. It takes what we call bodhicitta, this urge to realization that I, I want to cultivate this and I am, I'm working on it. I'm training myself. I'm experimenting. I mean, that for me with that little cat box was an experiment. How, how do I deal with, am I really generous? I have to find out what Buddha meant by this delight that I was not experiencing. It was hard to give the things that I own away. And so I actually had to say, okay, this is my practice. I'm going to find out what it's like, and I'm going to give this away. And that is the way I came to understand what he meant by the delight of generosity. This is also a a teaching that has been mistakenly interpreted as Indian giving. I've talked about this a number of times. This mistaken notion of what it means to be an Indian giver. The Native Americans had it right because they were Indian givers. But it, Indian giving is misconstrued as someone who gives something and then takes it back. Like, I give you this, but oh no, it was a mistake. I want it back. Or you're not doing with it what I want you to do with it. Uh, you're not treating it properly, so give it back to me. It's the person who who takes things back that they've given for all sorts of reasons. That is not Indian giving. Indian giving is somewhat in the spirit of that taking back, but it's not taking back. It's actually giving forward. An Indian giver is, is someone who gives and expects you to continue to give that away. Like passing the peace pipe. You don't keep the pipe, you pass it, you pass it on. This is what we do with the teachings. That's why we say in one of the precepts, do not hoard, do not hoard the teachings, give them away. Do not hoard yourself. Don't be a hoarder. So you're giving something, you're receiving something, and it's not that the Indian giver takes it away from you. The Indian giver says, pass it on. Don't, don't possess it. Don't make it what we call in, in our capitalist 
society, don't make it capital. Don't make it something that you own and exploit. Pass it on. So it's that cat box. I understand, I actually got it at a thrift shop. So someone, someone put it in the thrift shop, kind of gave it away and I bought it and now I'm giving it away. So we keep the energy moving. We keep the gifts going, going. Like Kelly grows ama amazing produce, puts a lot of energy into that and then gives it, gives it, passes it on. And I'm sure each of you have gifts that you can pass on when somebody seems to need it or some set of circumstances are such that you can help, you just naturally do it. Um, I hope Pete doesn't, um, is not embarrassed by this, but uh, he was leaving Oan, going, now he's in Wayne, Pennsylvania, and um, he became a member of Oan. And I said, well, why are you becoming a member? You're going away. You're not, you're not going to be able to be here. And he said, well, you needed the membership. So I became a member. I mean, it's really that simple. You see what's, what's in front of you and you see you have resources and you have, you have a way to help and you just do it. But it's sometimes so hard because we hang on to that self and everything that is connected with that self. And so the Native Americans didn't, that's probably why they lost all that land because they never, they never thought that they owned it. So there it goes, you know, it just went. So this is the spirit of Donna. This is the spirit of self selflessness. So you, you might say that instead of having to, having to give, which is, seems to be a kind of almost muscular act, instead of having to give, just let go. <laughs> just let go. Let things flow, let things flow through you. Whether they your, be your possessions or your loved ones or your ideas, anything you're grasping onto that's yours, that you think is yours, even your cat, your dog, whatever the, the the attitude toward it is already letting go. You know you're going to have to. So live that way. Give, give everything its freedom. Give everything its freedom. Give your loved ones their freedom. Give your animals their freedom. Give your ideas their freedom. Give your possessions their freedom. Let them be free. And in doing so, 
you are freed. You're freed of your self-clinging. But you have to do it. <laughs> you can't just think about it. You actually have to give that cat box away before you really begin to understand. And that's where the courage of our practice comes in. So last week, I invited you to um, consider the paramitas as they're expressed in the behaviors of other people. And sometimes you can learn a lot and actually cultivate your own virtues, your own perfections by watching them operate in other people, watching how generosity is expressed in the behavior of others. So I invited you to consider in your own life experiences that you've had that carry that generosity that you have been able to identify and that you have been moved by. So I'd like to open, open the discussion up to contributions of experiences that you've had or you yourself have experienced in your own um, practice of Dana Paramita. So if you want to speak, just palms together and of course, unmute yourself. Questions too are welcome. This is Kelly. Um, these last few Dharma talks since we've gone to Zoom, I've been taking notes. So <laughs> this has been um, a wonderful talk and actually helped to inform what I um, will be speaking about next week. But um, for me, just personal experience around Donna and the delight of generosity, what's really helped me personally over the last few weeks, especially around challenges I'm having around racial injustice um, in my own family, in my immediate community, in the country, in the world. Um, it's been a challenging couple of weeks, but um, the generosity <clears throat> of listening has really, really helped to ground me of other people that are around me that are there to listen, to listen to me, whether I'm frustrated, whether I'm sad, whether I'm challenged, um, questioning things, angry, um, and then allowing me to have the ability to be generous around the gift of listening as well. So I can think of one incident yesterday where I was very, very um, upset because I had um, spent a good deal of time talking to this individual and then I received an email, which almost seemed like this person hadn't grasped any of the conversation that I had. And I was very upset. And so um, I sat with that 
for quite a while responded and reached out to several close people in my life who were there, thank goodness, um, three in particular, spent several hours speaking with them. Um, and so because that connection, that ability to allow me to speak and to hear them um, has really uh, awakened me, uh, um, made me realize that, um, that I am in the service to others. And so um, I also need to be there to be able to actively listen. Um, and there were several conversations this week where people were really having a hard time. And, and I felt myself um, being there to listen. And this is part of training. I've, what I've learned about myself is that I can always be better at active listening. Um, and Mado was so kind to be there uh, last week as well to to hear me when I was when I was struggling um, and uh, was there to listen as well. So um, for me right now, around the delight of generosity is just is is listening. I'm feeling um, still struggling, but I'm feeling great comfort at the same time. I'm feeling some joy behind this, and I'm really wanted to to have some really clear perspective about this as I move into this coming week. So. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. Hello. Hello, Diego. This is Diego. Uh, first of all, I was invited here by Ramon, so uh, thank you, Ramon, for, for this invitation. Um, I'd like to share two two things and thank you very much Mido, for your intervention today very for your teachings <laughs> uh, I'd like to share two things that have happened to me recently uh, one is uh, related to to giving but uh, more not in an uh, act of an, giving an object but rather uh, doing something that that is actually well helping someone and uh, in which I did experience uh, the, the three uh, uh, sort of uh, moments I, I had a lot of, I enjoyed it before, during, and after it happened. So basically I, I recently moved to France and just very shortly after I arrived here, I, I live on a, a fourth floor and there's no, there's no uh, elevator. And very recently after uh, my partner and I arrived here, uh, I met uh, a neighbor, she's a very old woman. Uh, I don't know what age she has, but she can barely uh, walk up the stairs. And she had behind her, uh, her, her, what, her grocery uh, cart, uh, very typical here and in Europe. Uh, and she was sort of uh, pulling it up stair by stair. And uh, I was, uh, just arrived home, and so I helped her, told her if she needed help, so I helped her up, and uh, I was very happy with that, but, but then after it happened, so we had got confined, and I was sort of wanted to see if she was okay, but then I talked to a neighbor, and she told me that she was already taken care of, but so last week, I was just looking out the window, and I, I saw her walking from, from, uh, from the block away. I identified that, that it was her, given that she walks really slowly. So it, 
it took like 15 minutes for her to arrive at the doorstep. And during those 15 minutes, I was just waiting for her to arrive for me to actually just go downstairs and help her with, with her cart up the stairs. So I took those 15 minutes and they're actually, so even though she didn't know, I was actually, I was observing her and just waiting for her to, to, to get to, to, to our place. Uh, that I enjoyed that a lot. And I enjoyed the fact that I was actually going to go down, introduce myself, because that first time I, I was, was sort of in a hurry, I just helped her up. So I really wanted to introduce myself. I went down, uh, introduced myself, told her that I was her neighbor, that anytime she needed help, whatever. And I just uh, helped her up, uh, helped her grocery, um, lift her grocery things up to the third floor, and then just uh, Left, left it there for her to, to find when she eventually got up. And, and I enjoyed that uh, also the moment of, of uh, meeting with her and also feeling her gratitude towards it. You know? she, she was really not expecting that. And uh, then um, afterwards, obviously. And just, uh, just quickly, I know it took a long time, so I just uh, quickly to explain that second thing, uh, second experience, uh, a friend of 